Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, or probably you'd be more likely to see like a Sly, like Sylvester Stallone. And they literally would ask him, why can't we just, we can just throw some makeup on him. And and, he, and I'm like, oh my God. Hmm. Welcome to the What's Already Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt Zenheiner. Yeah, better than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell, notification, all those buttons that'll help you keep up with our episodes, new content, TV shows, video game stuff. We're doing so much crap right now. Again, it's, you know, you need to hit that button so you can keep up with it. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. We are here today to review Geronimo, an American legend. It was released December 10th, 1993. It was written by John Milius and Larry Gross. It's directed by Walter Hill. It stars Jason Patrick, Gene Hackman, Robert Duvall, Wes Study, Matt Damon, Rodney A. Grant, Kevin Teig, Steve Revis, Carlos Pelomino, Stuart Proud Eagle Grant, and Stephen McCaddy. The story of the Apache chief and his armed resistance to the U.S. government's subjugation of his people. This was an Alec choice. Yeah, they, this, this is an Alec choice. Absolutely. This is an Alec choice and voted on by the man, Charles. I don't know if he's changed his name again, but we'll, uh, I'll double check before we get to Alec's little outro <laughs> so we can make sure that uh, we give the man his props where they're due. But yeah, so let's talk about it then. Man, I had high hopes. Not going to lie. Remember, oh, my gosh. You we were recording, impossible. Here we, go. we were recording something else like a few days, well, just a few days ago, because we, we, we do this on Thursday and we do other stuff on Mondays. Oh, it's for um, uh, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I love history. Love, not. I mean, I love, well, I should say that I don't love the history of this story. I should say it's pretty sad, but I love just history in general. I was excited about what was presented here. And it let me down, but I shouldn't have been surprised because this was an Alec recommended movie and Charles always ganks up on me. So they knew something I did. Yeah, we uh, like cinema. You do not. I'm convinced you don't like movies, to be honest. I mean, at there least no it way was, to please you. At least it was in color and a modern aspect oh, ratio. Yeah. And, and when I say like, when I give my rating on that, I mean, I'll just, the cat's out of the bag. Like, I'm going to give this like a 2.5. Like, it's oh not like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to say this is a, an atrocious movie, but. It was extremely slow. Extremely slow. Slow. Is that the enough. only problem you had with it? That it was slow? Slow, not enough action. Not I enough just, action. So the Apaches getting kicked off their land, not enough action for you. Sorry, there weren't more blood and guts, but this was a very one-sided kind of time in history. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I just don't know. It didn't translate well to cinema. Like reading a book about it. Or reading about it in a yeah, history textbook. Translate well to cinema, so you don't yeah. like the way the uh, West study portrayed Geronimo, who's probably the one of the best, if not the best, Native American actor out there. I, I'm not. There. I'm not saying he was a bad actor. The acting was great. No, so you but just don't subject, like the Geronimo story. The subject matter just wasn't presented in a compelling enough nature. So much so that what I. What could be more compelling? <laughs> so much so that I went to Chat GPT to write a scathing short review for me. and So I you couldn't it. write it yourself, so you had to call in the AI to do it for you, is what you're saying. I, you yeah. couldn't find enough reason to hate this movie 
So you had to call in an AI bot to do it. I can't wait it to was, see Charles comment on YouTube because last time he was like, well, that shit was awkward. <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny. I did a lot of different types. Oh, this is what I told I said, I want you to act as a movie critic. You will develop an engaging, creative, and short movie review. The most important aspect I want you to emphasize is how slow and boring this movie was. It almost put me to sleep. And then I wish there was more action scenes. Do be sure to mention that the acting was quite good, though. And so then I told it to request to write the movie review for Geronimo. So this is what it said. It said, Geronimo, an American legend, is a snooze fest that nearly put me to sleep. Despite the impressive performances of the actors, the movie lacked the excitement and thrill that I was hoping for. The plot was slow and uneventful, and the lack of action scenes left me feeling unsatisfied. If you're looking for a movie that would keep you on the edge of your seat, this is not it. On the positive side, the acting was quite good, but that alone cannot save this movie from being a disappointment. I would not recommend wasting your time or money on this movie. Heard it here first, ChatGPT, boom. Scathing oh, review. Gosh. You are impossible. Wow. Slow, not enough action. Oh, the murder and genocide of an entire people, not enough action for you, Matson. Not enough gunfights. So I guess I was going to say, no. so I'm trying to think about it and go back to, and did we review tombstone right like we did tombstone at some point didn't we i don't know if we actually have we've talked about it at the very least though right like that's a good one yeah like yeah no no tombstone but i think about like this movie and the westerns because really to be honest like tombstone came out very similar time to this this movie couldn't have been made without previous like good old kevin costner made this movie possible truth be told this movie was in development hell for like three years, but because Dances with Wolves was made and was so successful, this one was able to be made. Now I think about a comparison of like Dances with Wolves, which is also a fantastic movie. Now that's a slow movie. It's exhaustingly slow and it's like three hours long. So not only is it slow and boring comparatively, it's also really long. Like I think of this one and I think, if you take out the fact that I think Tombstone's like a two hour, 20 minute movie, it has similar action scenes to me and a volume of action that Tombstone does. So like for me, like that's the part that I don't understand. Like I don't get, or I guess I should say that I don't agree with the lack of action. Cause this one to me, like every 15, 20 minutes, there was a gunfight of some sort. There was a pieces of war action, but for me, it was also like the narrative and the human interaction like that makes this movie so good is the comparisons of the different characters, right? You have Jason Patrick playing this, obviously the central character for how everyone should be, right? He understands that he has certain obligations to being a military, to his country, whatever you want to say. And then he, but he also understands that the Apache are human beings as well. And in building a country, bad things are done in order to do that, but tries to still treat them with as much respect and dignity as possible. But then you watch that with the comparison of someone like Robert Duvall, who some would look at as also technically in a way, a good person based mm -hmm. on certain aspects of his character and what he does and how he treats people. But at the same time, he certainly wasn't Gatewood, right? And then you have, again, Gene Hackman playing Crook. Like for me, the characters in this movie are some of the best written because of like, you can find aspects of yourself, I think, in each one, maybe. 
or find someone that you relate to the most. And I think that was, there's ones, and then there's ones you're like, I probably should relate completely to like Gatewood. Right. But if you're honest with yourself, probably more in the line with a Sieber because that's probably where it goes or, you know, even a crook where it's, I don't know. That was kind of my thought on this movie is like why I like it so much is it's a, it's a really character driven story of different human beings and how they view the world. And it's just wrapped in this very true. And according to a lot of people that I were reading about with this one, very accurate though, the story itself about Geronimo less accurate, but the actual tribulations and the things that the native Americans had to go through during this time and especially the Apache, much more accurate than the story itself. So that's why I liked it. I just think, you know, I mean, I get, look, it does have slow moments because there's a lot of exposition and a lot of dialogue versus like gunfights. But I am surprised, Madsen, that you think it had not it's enough. Like, because, uh, yeah, there's I mean, plenty. can you talk about it more? Like there's slow movies I really like, like take Wyatt Earp, for instance. That's a phenomenally long movie. And I'm sure a lot of people hate that movie or really don't like it because it's drawn out in some places, but I really like that movie, for instance, or it's just a gut reaction. I've done this more often now for me. And if I was to recommend this to the people in my sphere of influence, besides probably the two of you, this is one where I fall in like hobby hours camp. If I told Javier to watch this movie, I'm pretty confident he's going to be bored as far watching this. Now, if I told Ian to watch this movie, I think Ian's really going to like this because he's cerebral. He think about a lot of things that you said. And I find for me, I straddle that line, but it's hard to articulate why it just wasn't compelling to me because the subject matter of this movie are things that I absolutely enjoy. I love movies that are deeply rooted in history, like uh, the Patriot or the Braveheart, but they are even far less true than what this movie holds to. (laughs) And those movies do it for me where this one does not. And maybe I'm just not good enough to articulate or have to ask myself deep down what's the major differences there. But it just, it didn't land for me in the way that I was hoping. And part of it maybe, because I definitely had some good expectations. I was, I was really excited. I, I saw it like the, the movie poster and everything. I was like, oh, man, I, you guys even heard it. I was like, this movie's going to be good. And then like, <laughs> yes, I was just, it is. <laughs> I was just let down. Like it just didn't captivate me. And there's, Maybe not a better way to say it than that, that I just, I wasn't feeling it. Fair enough. No, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. So I love Native American history, culture, and everything. Part of that's because I'm engaged to Oshiana, who is actually a direct descendant of Geronimo. So I already liked Geronimo beforehand. That's cool. Um, But she's actually, her family was extras in one of the other Geronimo movies. That's Mm. how they did but I love this story. And this story does a very good job of telling what's going on, but also it's the little bits and pieces that they put in there that they don't directly point at, but have an effect. So when General Crook is talking to Sieber and he talks about how the army is the only hope for the Apache, that's because the corporations, the miners, everything, they wanted the Apache gone. Crook was trying to preserve them on a reservation, not the right choice or option, but he wanted that instead of having them be obliterated. And then there's, you know, a very powerful scene where near the beginning of the movie, before Geronimo busts out of the reservation, the army comes and they end up killing a a medicine man. So the thing with medicine men is not only are they like spiritual leaders and everything like that, they're also the keepers of history. Mm. So 
the army would use any excuse they could to go find a reason for a medicine man or a seer to be, you know, disturbing the peace for whatever reason they could, because they were the keepers of the history. Native American cultures, a lot of them never really wrote anything down. So a lot of their history disappeared without these medicine men to pass it on to the next in line. And so you have this not only pushing them off their land, but pushing their culture into obscurity. And so it's all these little things that add up to realize just how hopeless Geronimo was. And still, for over like two decades, he ran circles around the United States Army and the Mexican Army. And this dude was old during this time. He was getting up there, 40s and 50s, and he's running around the mountains of Mexico, absolutely humiliating the Army, which is why they made this great deal and then went back on it. They were never going to give him a deal, but they couldn't catch him otherwise. Yeah. But I, I absolutely love it. And it puts the United States of America in a really bad light, but, you know, it's not an unearned bad light by any means. No. Holy smokes. So it's a really powerful movie and an amazing one. No, no, one. That's going to give it two and a half. <laughs> I just think my butt. I, I love reading. And a lot of what's presented, I think a historical fiction book that I read that was accurate, but had some expose. Obviously, they took some liberties. I probably would have really enjoyed that. I'm sure it would have. I just, I don't know. On screen, it didn't do it for me. Yeah, and I will say it is the by far the best of the Geronimo movies. I don't know what it, there was like three of them within like two or three years. And because mm. the, the Dances with Wolves really triggered like these movies that were, because it was really bad because back in like early film, everybody gets mad nowadays about whitewashing, but you want to talk about whitewashing. Back in Go the back day. to the 40s and yeah, 50s. Yeah, like, well, and so here's the, I was reading a story that, you know, interesting tidbit about this movie is I was reading it and the director was talking about when he was trying to make it, he would go to studios and they were like, we like the story, we like the idea, but in true Hollywood form, because they're looking to sell tickets and to sell tickets, they want to slap a big name on there. So they kept trying yeah. to say, we'll make it, but instead of, and they, when he was doing it, like he always had like a West study as like top choice. And the studios were like, no, we want you to put like one of the big action stars at the time. So, and if you think about it, it was made in 93 around that time, you're talking about like a Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger or probably you'd be more likely to see like a sly, like still Sylvester Stallone. And they literally would ask him, why can't we just, we can just throw some makeup on him. And, and he, and I'm like, Oh my God, hmm. because that's terrible. And so one of the things that this movie did do based on the fact that it was able to be made and really dances with wolves started it too, because all of the native American characters in that movie were played by actual members of the tribe that they were representing for the most part. Now, this movie, they had a guy, and I don't know his name. I was reading the article, but they brought in a guy, this consultant from the Apache tribe. And he went through, and not all of, because of the fact that there aren't very many Apache left in the world, unfortunately. They didn't have a lot to choose from. So there were other tribes that were invited, but he would not let them be part of the movie if they were not registered with their tribe. So they would get a lot of Native Americans that would come in and say, I'm Native American. And he would ask what tribe and they would say, well, I don't know. And he's like, I get it. You are. It's not that I'm questioning that, but I'm not casting someone unless they're registered with their tribe. And I've said it a few times. I think it's bullshit that we like this, where you're actually going to have someone playing Geronimo. It needs to be someone that represents that culture. Right. Same with like, 
like there was a movie a while back that what's her face black widow chick i can't remember her name off the top of my head now but scarlett Johansson. johansson played and it was a very asian influenced show and i was like but why like and i wasn't mad about it like i get it this was like fiction it's not like you're talking about like this story where you're representing someone that was real like because one of the geronimo movies that was made in like the 40s or 50s or something clearly a white dude with a strong jawline playing geronimo and i'm like yikes that's a hard pill for me to swallow and i'm a white dude so i can only imagine what that's like when you're native or any member of any culture that where you go and you're like uh that's that doesn't look right yeah (laughs) what the hell's going on right now right so I thought that was really cool when I was reading that article that this kind of really changed and those kind of rules and a lot of the, the consultants have really kind of leaned into that as they move forward with, especially with a lot of the, the history of America stories when you're talking about the indigenous peoples. So I thought that was good. Oh, absolutely. And it's really kind of cool that it's a study, right? Because I think mm-hmm. what might've tipped over these big execs was last of the Mohicans. Yep. That was um, another one. He's, he's in there. And it's like, oh, this is a great movie. Yes. Yes, it is. In addition to Geronimo (laughs) being a great (laughs) movie. I love Last of the Mohicans too. But again, that's another one that's even longer and to me a little slower than this movie. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, I say great movie. I haven't seen it in forever. So I feel like we did it now. I'd probably have a different opinion. (laughs) That one was also too, because like Daniel Day-Lewis plays the lead. (laughs) And I'm like... I mean, it fits the story a little better, but still, I was like, okay, kind of. Oh, yeah. But no, like, I mean, I appreciate the accuracy with this, with Geronimo, and probably the most gun-wrenching part for me is when you have all the Apache scouts, right? The guys who signed up with the army because they believed in it. They kind of ostracized themselves from their own culture realizing that they almost have to adapt in their mind. This is it. This is our new life. We have to adapt. We have to change the way we live. So we're going to join up with the army. We're going to help try and make this as easy as possible. And then in true uh, army fashion during the taming of the West, I guess, they just completely strip them of their military mm-hmm. obligations, we'll say. And they take everyone who was part of Geronimo's tribe and ship him off to prison with him. And that's a very nice, hey, thanks for helping. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, took the other, the White Mountain Apache and everybody else, and they stuck them back on their reservations. And you could just see it. I don't, I don't know the guy's name who plays that one character. Steve Revis. Uh, Steve Revis. But you can see it in his portrayal, mm-hmm. and especially on the train near the end where he's like, shoot, you were right. And it's almost that wistful thinking, like maybe... If I hadn't been this way, you could have continued on or if we could have united people and everything like that. Because that's just sad. Yeah, Steve Reeves, I love him because he plays one of my favorite characters in a very stupid movie, The Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, that's the announcer? He's babyface Bob with the big scar on his face. <laughs> he's like, mean machine. Mean yeah. machine. <laughs> I love him. Anyway, yeah, that's Steve Revis. He, he's been in a lot, too, like more than you'd think. It, to be honest, in this movie, he's my favorite character in this movie because he's straddling that line, right? And I think 
one of the lines that sticks out to me the most every time I watch this movie is when they're climbing up the mountain and it's him and Jason Patrick's character and they get up there and, and they're threatening him saying, Hey, you're the reason that you're with the enemy and whatnot. And you're going to ruin the Apache tribe. And he says what he believes you are. Right. And I was like, wow, what a, what a line, what a situation that you have, because it's obvious like he sticks with the army because he understands. And, and here's the sad part. Should what happened to the indigenous peoples of this country happen? Absolutely not. However, when you think about it from a certain perspective, if it hadn't happened that way, I don't know that we would have any indigenous people. We wouldn't left in this country at all, because to your point, Alec, there were many people outside of the government that would have just been plenty happy. And we see pieces of it in this movie to just completely wipe out the indigenous peoples from the country and just be done with it. Cause then, then you don't have to bother with it at all. Right. There's no resources. Yeah. There's no, you don't nobody have to give them a to, yeah, 40 acres and a, two mules or yeah. whatever the deal was. <laughs> yeah. 40 acres and a mule two for them though. Yeah. And that's the craziest piece is you start to think of, it could have been a little worse to the point that yes, there needs to be some, it needs to be a conversation. There's many conversations like this that need to be happening, but so it really puts, when you think about that perspective, it really leans into seeing that character and going, yeesh, Chato wasn't necessarily wrong because at the same time, even when he's in the train, like you're talking about, and he's saying, I should have fought with you again. Like I understand that too, but that doesn't allow for the continuation of that culture at all. It's going to end bad. Yeah. And so that was, it's really a terrible thing to revisit in history, but it's also an interesting conversation to say, man, what's the alternative? Who's right? Who's wrong? It's just, but that's the other thing I like was there's no heroes in this movie at all, which mm-hmm. you didn't see that very often back in the early nineties films. There was usually a, a hero. And, and even this, they talk about Geronimo and American legend, but at the end of the day, even he wasn't a hero to his people. Sure. But he even admits at some point, yeah, I killed women and children. Cause you did. Yeah. You know, and it's like, fair's fair. Yeah. <laughs> And so to say that he was a good person all around, no, I mean, he originally got started and most of his anger comes from the story that you don't hear until the end. And that being the Mexican soldiers killing his family. And what they didn't portray on this is he was much more brutal than they show in this. Cause he went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, understandably when he came home and his family was murdered and he went nuts on the Mexican army. And then that translated into the U.S. Army as well later on. But, yeah, so I like that aspect that there's no real heroes here. There's people doing what they feel is the right thing and in the way that they need to do it. But there's no heroes. Not even close. I will say one thing that bothered me. Sorry, Alec. No, you go, you go. And, And this is really nitpicky for me, but Matt Damon's voiceover like, I like Matt Damon a lot. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. But Matt Damon, you don't. Oh, um, yeah. It's rare that I don't like Matt Damon, but Matt Damon's voiceover in this movie. And I liked him when he's on screen, but his voiceover graded on my nerves for some reason. I don't know if it's just his voice is not built for good voiceover, but every time he was narrating, I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, it's just <laughs> too kind. You're like, no, I, I, it was the tone, I think. 
for me, like, I think it would have been better if you had like Gene Hackman or even Jason Patrick, who's got a very strange voice, but it's like, I love Jason Patrick's voiceover in sleepers. Right. So I think you could have easily translated and made him the voiceover though. I get the ideas that it's coming from this young soldier who's seeing all of this with fresh eyes from this. Whatever new angle, happened but- to Jason Patrick, he definitely burned hot there for a minute, but I, is he, I don't know, not based on what you wrote, rated sleepers in Toronto. <laughs> no, he likes sleepers. No, I like sleepers. I was say, he rated sleepers pretty high. Sleepers was a good movie. He's I still just, acting. He rated it terribly. Just, he's still acting. He's just not, he's not on the radar. Oh, uh, no, I mean, he's not, he's by far not a list or anything. I liked, I mean, I liked him in this movie. He's, yeah, he's just, his delivery is so different, but it's intriguing. Yeah. And that's one of the problems with, first of all, I'll tell you what ruined his career. Speed two. That's what ruined his career. Cause he was still early on in his career at that point. In fact, it was the next movie after sleepers that he did. <laughs> and that was the end of Jason Patrick. However, the other problem with Jason Patrick from an acting perspective is he's the same character mm. because he, he doesn't have his tone and inflection. Isn't it can't be different. He doesn't do like dialects. He doesn't do any, like the big actors that you think of that are still around and have been acting for 20, 30 years can change it up a little bit and really kind of mold into a character. Jason Patrick's not that guy. Like he's just mm. that quiet, soft-spoken kind of monotone at times. Just his piercing eyes are insane. That is true. But I did like him in this. But Matt Damon's voiceover just drove me crazy. No, I I can see that. It was a little bit much at times, especially young Matt Damon. I think he had older Matt Damon a bit better, but he was still pretty new to the action. He probably doesn't like it. Unless he's like, oh, God. Like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) That and his weird patchy goatee. I was like, wait, what? I've seen this man with a beard. How'd that happen? <laughs> but yeah, typically I, I like it, but I did, like I said, I love this movie to be honest, like because it didn't shy away from anything either, which is in the nineties. It was shocking. Most of the time they seriously shied away from a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uncomfortable conversations are uncomfortable to have JJ. I know. <laughs> I like them though. I love, I love the West. So I love this time period. I'm always a sucker. I told after I was like, man, if there's a time period, I'd probably go live in earlier on. Like the wild, wild west is up there for me. Oh, dude, you'd be dead so quick from dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I would. I, I like the idea of the. I'm with you, Matt. So like, I love westerns and I, like I love the, the idea. idea of it. But you got to be a heartless bastard to do well in that mm-hmm. time, frame, especially in the West. West, like if you're you're in that time frame, but you're living in Boston, you're probably a little more okay. Well, you're in the, the West. Yeah, yeah. You're in that time frame. You're out in Tucson yeah. or in Arizona Oklahoma, somewhere. Oklahoma, Arizona. I will yeah. say the other thing that I really laugh at, and this is from a perspective of someone that's lived in Arizona. So Alec, I'm sure you have the same thought. Like when they show early on in the movie, like these rolling sand dunes and they're rolling through it. I'm like, that's not accurate. There's like one place in Southern Arizona on the California border that has like that kind of right off the eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I've got pictures of me jump, like sledding down the sand dunes, but there's like one place where it looks like that. I'm like, they had to have gone to like the Sahara or like they had to have gone to like Southern California and they probably went to Imperial County. That's probably where they went was Imperial County, California to film that shot. But I was like, technically it's on the border of Arizona, but Arizona's not that it's like, 
rock hard dust. What do they call it? Caliche? I think it's the, the proper terminology is like miserable to dig oh. through. That's why Arizona doesn't have a lot of basements because it's so hard to get through. Yeah, it's terrible. Like sand dunes are cool and they're pretty. Arizona, most of it in Southern Arizona, it's not pretty. Disgusting. It, yeah, and especially the reservation areas, like it's not developed. Oh, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, like I lived... I spent a lot of time on two reservations, the Tohono Odom reservation down South and then up North. I don't remember the name of the reservation, but it's Navajo reservation and that, well, and then I was on the Havasupai that reservation and that one was the hardest one. That's the part. I don't know if you get, I'm sure Alec, you have I've been on that reservation. Have you? I, yeah. When I was a missionary, I, I didn't yeah. live there, but I went there for 10 exchanges and it's a very, I mean, unforgettably humbling experience experiences, I should say. Yeah, both the reservations that I was on in the in northern Arizona up in Flagstaff area, that was some of the most heart wrenching because it's well, it's the third world in the United States. And it still is. Like, especially mm-hmm. I think it's the Havasupai, the one that's up north. It's not the Navajo one in, in northern Arizona, but there's another one. It, the Yavapai? It, yeah, that's what the it is. One? Yavapai. That one, literally, I drove on and I was like, I am in Central America is what this feels like. With I don't remember what they're called, but like when you watch a movie and the towns are stacked, on the houses are stacked on top of each other down a hill, like that's, and so for me, like I, I think living there and having spent a lot of time there for two years, like I watch a movie like this and I think of that, I think of it very differently. And that may be even going in, and I said this the other day to you, Matt, and this movie is a little slow at times for me, but I think the subject matter hits way close to home because I spent, I spent the better part of six months on the Navajo reservation and near Flagstaff. And it was very one. I loved every minute of spending time in that culture and that people, that is the kindest most accepting like that I've ever been a part of. And so like there was never a house that I went to that I wasn't invited in and had some awesome fry bread with some, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it was just absolutely amazing. And yet it really, it's like a different world when you, and you cross into the, the res, it's like, wow, how does somewhere like this exist in supposedly the most, one of the most advanced wealthy countries in the world. And and the, the answer is we close our eyes to it. It's easy if you don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's absolutely bonkers. So I think that's why every time I watch a movie like this, like there's a piece of me that goes back there. Cause I was, I was there every day for almost six months and it was just the best for me. But at the same time, I met a couple of old timers that were around for some of the back half of being displaced and moved around. And it was, it's, there's some gut wrenching stories that you're just like, wow. So it does open your eyes a little bit. And I'm sure you hear all of that stuff Alec, with Oshi and her family. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. They've got stories upon stories. Cause even after you had uh, the forcing onto the reservations mm-hmm. then you had the boarding schools that came by, yeah. I mean, the genocide against the indigenous peoples have been going on for hundreds of years. And it's, you know, just a complete, almost repressing of culture simply because it makes us all feel a little bit guilty inside. Yeah. A little bit of, Oh, that's too bad. I didn't do it, but I mean, you know, okay. If I don't pay attention to it, then nobody did it. Yeah. Well, and if we can make them more like us, 
Yeah, and I don't then, have to feel bad at all. We did him yeah, a favor, exactly. right? I think the forced Christianity like was one of those things that was really hard too when I was there. Like, cause they would talk about the fact that they, you know, they would go to the church and they had all these different churches that denominations that they would talk about. And they were like, yeah, we go for different reasons that I'm not going to say on here. But then they would tell about like their spiritual views. And I was like, yep. And that was, and everybody on here knows now that I have no belief in anything around. Like I am at minimum agnostic, probably (laughs) atheist more than anything else. But I also have a deep respect for their spiritual beliefs. Like I learned a lot. And that was part of the reason that I started to start to go. I think that's more along the lines of what I think about than I do Christianity for the, you know, for that. And there is like they talk about in this movie, the one God, but it's far less of this, you know, all powerful being saying, here's what you need to do. And it's nature in a way saying, figure it out. Here's what I've provided you. You take care of it and it'll take care of you. So this is a very, yeah, anyway, nothing to do with the movie really, other than the fact that every time I watch a movie like this, like I start to think about those things and remember. And it also helps if you kind of know that with the obvious cultural blocks that you have that are going on clearly between General Crook and Geronimo. Like, even though they're both trying to kind of figure the other one out, there's this huge block in between that they, that neither one of them can seem to get across. Yeah. Which is a bummer because it's like, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to help you. I don't, I don't want your help. You, <laughs> you can leave. Just let me keep doing what I've been doing. It's like, no, they won't let you keep doing what you're doing. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very interesting having that kind of background of even just a spiritual difference that goes into a personal belief system adds another layer to this block. Sure. Yeah, I think whatever you believe in, I think the indigenous people show is just being in tune with themselves and their surroundings, having a sense of grounding that we today, as listen to a podcast, uh, just talking about like when you look at your phone sometimes and see how much you've been on your phone, like five hours of screen time, seven hours, whatever it is you average per week. And you're just like, oh, my God. And then think about all the other shows I want, whatever it may be. That's one of the things being on the reservation and actually being in Ghana as well, reminding me just the sense of community that we've lost that when I was watching this movie, it did make me think these people are connected in a struggle in a lifestyle that I have never experienced in that way day in and day out. And it's kind of a lost art. I think that's why it's always important to not just scrub things out of history and hold on to things that it's, it's hard to do because we, the moment we institute technology, as we were just talking about earlier with chat, GPT, <laughs> you just you continue to lose aspects of humanity that are so important. So for me, going back to the movie, this movie's slow, but is it thought provoking? Is it sad? Is it a story of in lessons that we need to keep together as we move forward in humanity to not make the same mistakes again. This movie does a great job bringing those things up. I just wasn't as cinematically pleasing as I wanted it to be in the moment, but there's a lot to talk about. So I have one last question before I think we'll probably hit some points, but the white eyes term, like I've heard a lot of the back and forth, like terminology between indigenous people and native Americans and white people. But I'd never heard until this movie, white eyes. Every time I watch it, I keep telling myself I should really ask Mr. Google why that is, but then I never do. So, but yeah. All right. Should we rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. Alec, your movie, you go first, buddy. Cool. I have to offset Matt's. So this is going to be a motherfucking five. 
I love the movie. I love the story. It does such a great job at telling a very tragic story in a very tragic time and making it still easy to sit through, right? There's some uncomfortable moments, but as a whole, it does a very good job of making it easily digestible for anybody to come in and watch it. And so I really appreciate that. Phenomenal story. I love West Study. Amazing actor. And then you had the all-star cast to back him up with Jason Patrick, Robert Duvall, Dean Hackman in there. So yeah, a five. Suck it, Matson. I will be watching <laughs> it again. All right, Matson. Rebuttal time. No. <laughs> I mean, I already said what I was going to give it. 2.5. Not close to a five. I think most of our common folk would agree it's a good yeah, movie. You're all wrong. Five. So. <laughs> I love Alec Reminds. I know why you and Javier are friends, buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think I learned it from? Yeah, so when you guys get your belligerence, the feet go down and like you dig in. It's hilarious to watch. Especially because Matt's just, he's like, okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you guys know I'll dig my feet in when it's something that Matt, like, it, yeah, it's just not worth, it's not worth my time. Yeah, if, oh, you guys didn't, if you guys didn't watch the stream of me playing The Last of Us, we start talking about Bill and Ted again. Matt's thinks he was in on Bill and Ted. That and anything that's not 4.3, or that's 4.3 aspect. Let's talk about aspect ratio. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to travel back in time and newsflash. We've lived in color for all of our lives, so let's not do black and white. It's stupid. Oh, they lived in color before our lives too, Matt's, and the world didn't go from black and white to color. And that's what I'm saying. Color on the film because film hadn't figured that shiz out. We shouldn't have released films until we could do it in color. That's my stance. Dude, they could do films in color. 1938. It was just cheaper to do it in black and white. Cheaper is not always better. Let that be remembered. Okay, well, let it be known. Matson hates Schindler's List. (laughs) Yeah, Schindler's List. Well, it's a good movie if it was in color. I think I would have liked it even more. Oh my god! Wow. Anyway, let's talk about Geronimo some more so I can give my rating. I like this movie. Is it a perfect movie? No. There are moments where it's slow. There's some things with Matt Damon's voice that I want to like dig my ears out of, like my eardrums out of my head when he's talking. I think halfway through, I'm like, oh, shut up, Damon. Like, you drive me nuts. And then there's some, I mean, it's 1983, like, effects. You can tell, like, some of the gunshots. Like, the, the one first gunshot that you see with they shoot the one, and he's laying there, and there's, like, a big gaping hole in his back. I was like, great. That's the first time we've seen a small entry hole, big exit hole. But then there's, like, weird, later on, there's, like, weird bullet holes. There's no consistency to the – and I get that it's not that important, but at the same time, like, there are little things that bothered me. Of all the things about this movie that are great, it's the acting, and, and a lot of the dialogue is really good. Also, the action, the horse action, the horseback riding, that stuff's hard. So watching, like, a Jason Patrick when he's taking on the one-on-one fight, and he pulls the horse down. Unfortunately, those were real horses, so there was some. you could see there was a big cut on the one horse, but that was back before they did the whole no damage to any horses or whatever. But that move where he pulls the horse down to hide behind it and then jumps back on it as he's, as he's letting it back up, like, there's a lot of training involved in that. So I really appreciated the practicality of letting these actors do some of those stunts that's not easy to deal with horses are scary let's just be honest about that that's very high up and if they get pissed you're gonna get kicked or thrown and it hurts anyway i love this movie the message i love the story and while it's not perfect it does a great job so i'm gonna give it a four i think there's some things that it could have they could have sped some things up but that's about it for me so there it is four we're all over the map on this one gents 
but I knew how yeah. he's going to give it a five. I don't know that you've given anything but a five to any of your recommendations yet. <laughs> This one would have been a four if Madison had given it an actual rating. (laughs) I gave it an average movie rate. I didn't like slap it in the face. He did that just to trigger you, dude. And I love that it it does. (laughs) I'm the only objective person here. (laughs) (laughs) At least JJ is being objective. I'm the only objective person on this podcast and I love it. Yeah, uh, I probably giving it a three because it's a little bit better than average. I could see myself doing that, but a five. Okay, then I'll give it a four and a half. <laughs> no, Stop four it. and a half. Get out of here. Alex, ridiculous. <laughs> I think JJ is right. Every movie you recommend, you give it a five. At least with the movies that yeah, I Yeah, because I recommend I, good movies. No. 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 At least I recognize I may like them for reasons that are skewed to me. That doesn't mean the general public is going to feel the way that I do. You have a fallacy that you live in with movies and especially ones with aspect ratios and non-color. Yes, I do. They're great movies. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I got to play mediator here this whole podcast. <laughs> Alex. Let's take your very biased ass and tell uh, everybody where I, I they was, can find I'm it. I'm not even done here. I was feeling fine, laid back, wasn't worth it. It's <laughs> worth it to me now. This is good. Uh, thank you for tuning in to our review of Geronimo. It's easy to see why Maxon didn't like this movie as he is pure white eye. This is definitely worth the watch and share the experience with a friend because it is a great movie. Welcome to February, guys. And so far, it has been a great year for movies. Watch and some high ratings on every single movie Madsen has missed. Oh, man. Seems like a pattern for me, but JJ has challenged me to be nice this year, and I mean it to give it the old college try. (laughs) Guys, the biggest news that we have going on right now is JJ live streaming The Last of Us Part 1, playing the game in line with the episodes from the hit show on HBO. We are having a great group of people engaging with us, including our wonderful patron. I hope you didn't change your name, black and white and aspect ratio four thirds. I think that's what it was last time. Four, three, I'm yeah. not sure. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> speaking of our fabulous patron of the podcast, you, sir, are a delight and we appreciate you. If you would like to m- have more control over the content released via voting rights and personal requests, as well as getting shout outs during every outro patreon is the place to go and be if you are just here for some good content or whatever it is madison has been doing you can find us on every major platform including stitcher ghana apple Podcasts, and youtube we appreciate your support and now i'll turn it back over to the wizard of whack the modern beowulf jj man the salt in the womb is deep today it never hurt more to be white than right now oh yeah i love it it's the first time i haven't been though like roast guy in this in his follow so i'm, I'm Man, down. not only have i got charles beating down my door i've got alec living in my backyard just throwing a hissy fit digging holes best use of the term white eye ever so yeah there it is a very argumentative podcast it was fun sorry charles i'm sure you were a little awkward at the beginning and the end again uh but with that we appreciate you guys tuning in we'll catch you on the next one Bye. Hasta la vista. Oh, <laughs> <Hey, guys. laughs>